welcome to season three, episode two of Live Lunch. Um, I've been away in Spain, but it's been beautiful. Um, and I'm back now, I'm back for the term. Um, how's your holiday been? Yeah, sorry, I'm, I've got half a mouthful of celery, so I'm not going to answer Perfect that time to answer. Yeah, sorry, I'll come, come back to me. We've got food from the Joker, by the way. Wings, I, I'm a big fan of chicken wings at the Joker. I really got some holiday, thanks for asking. I, did you ask me how my holiday was? I don't think no, you did. No, I didn't ask Obviously you. Obviously, you don't care about me. me. And I didn't ask you. Yeah. I think you asked me and I told quite, I gave some quite full um, disclosure on how good my holiday was. And yeah, did, and then I, we moved on. I intentionally um Were not decided, interested yeah, in, no. in finding out about no. my my summer break. I think you may have even tried to talk about it and I think I may have stepped in. Yeah, to shut up. I don't, no, that's not, not what interested. This is not about that. No. I went to Devon with my wife without yes. the kids for for four days, which was lovely. Oh, nice. I love my kids a lot, but having a few days without them and just with my wife is special. So we were on the coast in Devon. Devon. Lovely. Lovely. I like Devon. I do, and I like that whole area. Did you did you read any good books whilst you were on holiday? Me? Hmm. I read a few. Anything mm. that you recommend? I recommend... Interpreting Scripture with the Great Tradition by Craig Carter. That's a, that's a ladybird book. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, it was Does good. it have pictures? Uh, it, I don't. I have it on my Kindle, so I don't get to see pictures much on my Kindle. Oh. I read a great history of France because I was in France and I thought mm-hmm. I, I need to just get Brush into this. Brush up on the history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was, I really, really enjoyed it. Good, good day. Short, short kind of shortish whole French, French history from the ancient times to Charles de Gaulle in 45. And a few other things, a couple of novels and things, but mm. yeah, I enjoyed it. I was just finished reading Moby Dick over the summer, which is a, mm. which is a, just an extraordinary book. Kind of and tedious in lots of ways, very tedious book. I don't know if to recommend it or not. It's kind of also, it's astonishing as well. It's kind of both. Got lots of boring bits, but lots of... I feel like bits. by virtue of you seeing it on a TV show, on a YouTube show that goes out live to five people, mm. you have recommended the book. Right. I think I think someone should make a Netflix version of Moby Dick. Someone right. should do that. Someone should do a box set of it. That would be fascinating if someone mm. could do it properly. I think people have tried to make films of it and done a bad job. But talking about making Netflix shows, no. have you ever come across Top Boy? On uh, which I think he played on maybe Not Channel Four or, yeah. or something in 2012, 2013. They did two seasons, and then canned it. And mm. then Drake Instagrammed a picture from the show, and somebody got back to him or commented saying, "Do you know the show has been cancelled?" And he somehow managed to convince the bosses at Netflix to do another episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Drake, if you're watching this, Moby Dick, yeah. um, you've, you've obviously that's, got that's, the, the power and the influence to make stuff happen. That's project. Uh, on my desk on Monday. Yeah. Joel's going to put a... We don't, we don't need to write a script because you've, we've got oh. stuff in there. Hello. 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 Hey. Welcome. Welcome to... A new person serving us coffee. Mm. Thank you you for coffee. Very nice. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Mm. So we should crack on. Mm. I also read a really good book, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry, I should have asked you. (laughs) I'm doing a job. It was on the life of C.T. Studd. Oh, yeah. yeah. Missionaries. And yeah, I just highly recommend to anyone. It's a really small book. But um, yeah, it was really inspiring to read. Mm. Especially if you're thinking of going to be an evangelist. And yeah, definitely go read it. Or have a career in cricket. I want to yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. You're going to you know, score centuries for England. Mm. You need to read it. Very good book. Mm. Mm. Who's kicking us off? Megan, are you kicking us off? Yes. So, um, we had... The last preach that we had on Sunday was on... Um, 
on tomorrow on your mind. So, Joel, yeah. can you? When are you doing suckle on your mind? Oh no, <laughs> suckle. Yeah. Well, we, when, when, the, when the time is right to bring up the, the theme of suckle, and uh, it's, it's just quite a sensitive subject, so I, I choose to sound carefully. Sorry. Um, can you do a quick thirty-second summary? No. A one-minute summary. I'll do my best. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, we were talking about. Um, what were we talking about? Stress was the first week. The second week was tomorrow. Um, really, the, the the anxiety that we feel about the future, and uh, the way we uh, talked about it. The the way I talked about it. I shouldn't really say we. It sounds like I'm the queen. The way I talked about it was uh, the the gosh, the the different uh, kinds of anxieties that we have about the future, Jesus deals with them by, by slowing us right down. And, and he, it's, it's kind of not what we'd expect the teaching to be, but he says, look at the birds, consider the flowers, the lilies. It's, it's, um, if you stop and think about it, it's a curious thing to choose to say, but he's, I think there's genuine wisdom in stopping to consider and look at the way that God, uh, truly intends his involvement in all creation that god is sovereignly involved in every tiny detail god knows exactly what he's doing to the to the most minute degree and um mm-hmm. this is jesus sharing the, the the heavenly kind of worldview and you know we we tend to think we tend to think of god as either being inside creation and therefore not really in control of it or outside of creation and therefore kind of in control of it from the outside, but not really involved in in the the uh, the real detail, the real kind of because he's all he's done is he's set it up and then let it you know push it on the ground like a kid's toy, you know just push it along and see which way it goes. But but the the God of the Bible is deeply involved in every detail, and that's part of our healing, as far as Jesus is concerned. It is healing for the soul, like good for us on a deep emotional level. It will free us from worry when we get to, to come to terms with the, the God's perfect sovereignty over every detail, which is kind of not what we'd expect, I think. We're kind of a bit scared of the sovereignty of God because we've got a lot of questions about it, like, how can you be in charge if bad things happen? That doesn't make sense. And so we, we struggle with it. But Jesus, Jesus isn't ashamed of it. He's like, no, no, you've got to come back to this because it will actually set you free from anxieties if you know. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of a... I hope you appreciate that point. on... Uh, on a, on a preach that was based on the birds of the air who were eating chicken wings. Oh, and right. also... We're considering the birds very carefully. <laughs> Consider the birds. Look, behold them. Rachel Felling would like so to know tasty. what your favourite bird is. Chicken. <laughs> um, yeah, no chicken, no. My, my favourite bird is... Uh, um, do you know what? It's a good question. My favourite bird? Eagles. Eagles. My, I have, the reason I'm ready with an answer is because my daughter, Joni, always asks... She asks me most weeks at some point, what's your favourite animal, what's your favourite bird Aww. specifically? Aww. She's just she's animal crazy, so... Um, yeah. Um, if someone... What's your favourite bird, Megan? Oh, um... I've, I've learned from... You know what, I think flamingos are really pretty. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, wait, I think flamingos look pretty from a distance and in pictures, but when you go up close to a flamingo, it's not. It's not. The pink is just covered in mud. It's, all, and, it's yeah. all just kind of PR. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's Photoshop. You get close, and yeah, mm. it's not what it should be. Um, on a slightly more deeper tone, mm. um, what if someone was struggling with um, with like stress of tomorrow? What would you say to them as as an advice for that? 
Um, I would say listen to the message from. No, I'm trying to think of a, a boil it down thing. Um, I, to be honest, I wouldn't say lots at first. I would, it, it, I'm not being trying to be clever, but I would honestly not say much at first. I would just, I would just keep asking, tell me what is going on, and uh, and I guess you're kind of looking for as much as much of an awareness of what are the genuine fears and what are the, the yearnings and the hungers and the desires in the heart that, that are being um, uh, exposed by the fear and the anxiety. Because sometimes we, we, we um, don't realize it, but generally our anxieties and fears are a kind of a, they're a manifestation of a, of a, of a desire that we have and a hope and a, a longing that we have. Or, a, you know, if I, if I really want to be safe and comfortable then I will really be frightened of, of uh, physical pain or, or uh, things going wrong physically and, and that's you know if I if I'm really really want to be accepted and, and affirmed by people then the thing I'll be frightened of is any kind of criticism any kind of being judged any, and and very often if people are if if anxieties are going into over overdrive it, it part of the process at least is helping people to um, identify that there's a desire there. There's something that's become uh, maybe inordinately um, dominant. You know, it's a desire that's kind of grown so much. Perhaps without us realizing it, we've become obsessive about. I'm, I'm, I can't fail this. I can't because I must have. And I think Jesus comes into our life, and it's it's, it's right there in chapter six, of Matthew. Why are you so anxious? Why? And it's like he's trying to help us to look for ourselves underneath. What what's the thing that's being um, threatened. What's the desire that's being that feels vulnerable? And, mm. and he'd say, "Do you do you not know that you don't need that as much as you think you do? What you need is a father who who's got everything and is providing." Mm. So I try and go around it yeah, yeah. those ways. So that's good. yeah, thank you. Mm. Great. Like there is that verse in in the Bible that talks about teach me, Lord, how to number my days. And, um, like my question is how how do you balance living for today and being faithful with what God's given you now, yeah. versus planning for tomorrow, or do we see those as two separate things, or do they all beautifully come together? And so you will now tell us. Yeah, I I think I think that the the line that's drawn seems to be between planning that is um, stewardship, faithfulness, and planning that is. Um, driven by anxiety and fear, driven, driven by a sense of there's no one looking out for me, God's not looking out for me, so I have to, I have to plan because no one else will. Mm. Um, and and the, the, somebody who's thinking that way, it, it's, it's hard to, 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 uh, to judge this right because we, we, we can we get quite we're quite keen on externals and judging by externals and people can behave in a way that looks anxious hmm. well actually they're not necessarily being anxious in the way that Jesus is talking about and vice versa someone might be behaving in a completely kind of uh, relaxed way and seem to have zero concerns in the world but actually underneath they're, they're affected by anxiety enormously hmm. and it's it's not it's not always that helpful to just fix on the on the external sh- signs. Sure, I, I would have thought. I, I I think in my life I often would have come across as very relaxed when actually underneath I know that I'm not. Um, so, like I, when you're on live lunch, like when I'm on live lunch, mm. you know, I like to present mm. this, this kind of image. Um, I think we we habitually do that. So it, we we've got to be careful of that. 
Jesus isn't saying don't plough. He's saying don't don't work because we know we know from the passage itself. You know, he's talking about animals that clearly do plan and clearly do work. You know, birds do anyway. Lilies don't. They don't plan at all. Have you noticed that? They don't build nests. They're I must confess, lazy. I, had, I hadn't noticed the lilies of the yeah, field. They're but lazy. I know. Um, but uh, birds, I'm no. so not like Christ. Yeah. If anybody thought I was the Messiah, you know, this <laughs> yeah. is one of those clear indicators yeah, that I'm this not. This is a discovery we've really yeah. coming, to, coming to come to terms with. It's, mm. it's quite devastating. Um, anyway, so so it, the, the key thing is, is actually the, the, dri- the driving motive. Where's the motive to... to to be forward planning come from because someone who never plans for the future Jesus himself said if you don't don't build a tower without first finding just you know deciding on how much you're going to need what you know you plan you, you count the cost of a project before you get into it you, you do you make decisions based on what what's what's before you. you you do need to be wise about the practical realities and and planning financially and the rest is, yeah it's fine it's good but you can do that because you're trying to steward you're trying to serve people I want to plan my money so that I can give more away hmm. I'm <laughs> planning my money so that I can do more with it for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I can do, I can do more, I can have fun with, more fun with it for God's purposes. I can bless people. I can help my kids and and their kids and all the rest. Um, and so, in the name of being spiritual, I mustn't just be relaxed and lazy about my money, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. Um, because then all that could happen is then I end up being a problem for other people who want to mm-hmm. look after me because well, I didn't make any good decisions mm-hmm. because I was being spiritual in a false kind of way. So uh, you touched on money, and I know we've got money on your mind as uh, one of the teaching topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but if I could quickly ask you, so th- that story where the widow gives her her last two bits of of coinage. Mm. Can't remember what the um, the metal element of the coin was, uh, and Jesus honors her. Mm. Uh, so it, it does seem to say, <laughs> give when it's the only option when there's nothing else that you can make. Give your money. Um, how would you help people with that decision of I've got a certain amount of money uh, I've obviously got costs to live and what have you and I've got the gift day coming up or yeah. we talk about giving to church and, and I feel uh, I'm convinced that I need to be giving to church but if I do that it's going to have a significant cost on me uh, in the future how would you help people come to a wise decision yeah I guess um, without saying too much because we will come to this I think it's having a, a, a perspective on, on life where you're saying I, my resources are for God my resources aren't even mine anyway. They're, they're, they're God's resources. He, he's lending them to me. They're, they're not mine. And so they belong to him. And so giving back to him is totally appropriate. But because they, these things belong to God, I'm also going to look after them if, in his interests. And one of his interests is going to be you uh, and your survival, for example. So just stewarding the, the gifts that God gives you for the sake of being able to do other things is not wrong. It, the issue is that what does it betray? Am I holding money back from the offering because I don't trust Jesus? Or am I holding money back from the offering because Jesus has told me to put money aside for um, X, Y, and Z, for, for things that are necessary and appropriate, and mm. things that are in, very much in tune with his heart, his, his desires, and his best for, for life? Does that make sense? Yeah, it comes back I think it to does, yeah. Again, it's help, help. It's it's seeing seeing all of our all the resources we that come through our hands as sure. for him. Um, I have one last question, and then make an over to you if you have any if you have any questions. Um, we've recently planted a church. Well, well, in the past few years, we've planted a church in Amsterdam and uh, in Ottawa, and recently our friends Yanish and Kabila moved to 
to Krakow in Poland. Mm. Uh, and then we've got a church plant in, in Belfast, maybe next year. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we do that. What would you encourage people, or what wisdom would you give people who are considering the option of going, maybe church planting with them, but very aware that I have I don't have a plan in place, I don't have a job, I don't have the finances or the resources to make it happen, but uh, maybe there's something stirring in my heart. Uh, how do I lay aside my fears and my anxieties about what the future has in store to make those radical steps of, of faith? Now, um, ch- church planting is, a, is an obvious one, but there could be loads of other situations in life where people are thinking about doing things which require, which they rightly so could feel a stirring yeah. um, from God or by being inspired uh, through how the stuff that we say and teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you help them make those decisions? Yeah, I think making decisions about the future and God's will for the future, that's going to involve um, getting good um, advice and, and reflecting over it with other people who you trust, who know Jesus, who love Jesus, who, who, who can help you with that and can maybe help you away from some of the dangers and naiveties. So if, we, if you really love God and you, you're just all out for him, you're just flat out for him, um, you're going to be susceptible to making decisions that are naive, because be, not because it's wrong to, to trust God, but you just don't necessarily know yourself. If I uh, if I think well, I'm going to drop everything and go and plant a church, I might need someone to come alongside me and say, "Well, that, that's clearly not your gift. Mm. That's clearly not what you're good at. Particularly, you're, you're good at this, not mm. that." So. Yeah, and so just, that's why church is important. Community, family, friends, advice. Mm. You know, there's safety in, in advice. In the Book of Proverbs specifically mm. talks about that. So, so wisdom from the people around us that God gives us, um, and and testing the call that we have. If we feel like, yeah, I'm called to do this, well, be wise about it. Check it out. You know, Jesus, Jesus um, himself um, trained his disciples through a process before sending them out into all the nations. And and the the David that kills Goliath is the one that's already fought with lions and bears, had his, had his earlier battles. There are, there are people who, who um, they, they may well be called to go and plant something, but they haven't actually served in their local church. They haven't given themselves to ministry in a way that will stretch them and test them and give them some, some good knocks, give them some, take, take some of the edge mm. off them and help them to grow in some of those simple areas. So, so there's a lot of just processing and time mm. that's important. But that, that, none of that takes away from the faith thing because in reality, whenever we do, if we are called to go out mm. in a pioneering situation, it will be against the backdrop of uncertainty. It just will. Mm. That you, mm. Trusting God will involve risk because we, he will mm. see to it that there are, I think there are gaps, there are things that we just don't have all the information mm. about. That doesn't mean we're being irresponsible. We, we need to do it with wisdom and with help with advice. But there'll be times where it's like, okay, I, I don't know, I don't have anything close to 100% information, mm. but I, I, I know enough. Mm. I know that I'm called and I know that God is good and I'll, I'll take this decision. Mm. I think that's the beauty of this is that we get to work this out through church and through the community that God's placed us in. Mm. So very much holding the anxieties about the future to ourselves is dangerous and at worst could be foolish. Mm. Like, no, come on, you're, you're part of a community bring the conversation to the table, talk to people, yeah. get alongside your leaders and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, mm. these are my fears, these are my anxieties, what do you think? What does the Bible teach us? Which is why, which is why we've called the series On Your Mind, bring the stuff that's on your mind yeah. onto the table. Um, any other questions from our live audience? Yes, I have a question. 
Um, you've talked a lot about tomorrow in the sense of being this long-term tomorrow, but what advice would you have for someone who's thinking more about tomorrow as in Wednesday? Yeah. Maybe they've got something big, like, I don't know, an interview, or they're going to be chatting to someone that, you know, something they need to get off their chest. Mm. What about literal tomorrow? What can we be doing to prepare for that? Brilliant. So, so anxiety, in, in terms of avoiding anxiety specifically with regard to that, I, I think... Um, this ultimately does come back to uh, the, the point that Jesus closes the passage we were looking at with where he says sufficient for the day is, is its own trouble. Um, we, we'll we'll um, be tempted always to, to be able to have the godlike panoramic view of time where we can see and therefore anticipate every conceivable threat and danger. And God simply hasn't given us that position but, but called us to daily dependence. Uh, don't worry about tomorrow because you need, what you need to focus on is today and the grace you'll need for today. The, 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 the concern about tomorrow, what, it, what the effect that it can have on me, and I know it's gen, generally true, it sucks me away from my obedience and fruitfulness in the moment because I'm, I'm, I'm so obsessing about what's coming that I'm, I'm ignoring the things that he's telling me to do. And my mind is so on the future that it's not on the present. I'm, mm. I can be I can be using the future almost as a reason to not hear him, mm. not listen, to, not be patient and, and attentive. So so the daily routine of saying God, I trust you today. I'll do today, and and, and you got to, I'm leaving you tomorrow with you. Now that's 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 a discipline and something we grow in. And I think I'm still the foothills are growing in it, but it's 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 a, a, a it's a right target. It's the right way. I think it's the one that Jesus gives us to to go with. And it's, I think you kind of see it in some of the Psalms. You know, I, 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 in peace, I will lie down to sleep. In peace, I'll, uh, even in the context of anxiety, there's Psalm 3 and Psalm 4. There's a lot about this. You know, in the midst of pressure, I'll sleep well because I know you've got tomorrow. You've got it. And it's just, I guess that the point he's trying to always train us in is you've got to let, you've got to remember that I've got this. And our instinct is to just assume he hasn't. And it's not a God instinct. And the birds don't have that problem. The flowers don't. Lazy as they are, they don't. Brilliant. Um, what are you speaking on next Sunday? Uh, God willing, yeah. <laughs> I will speak about success and, um, and success on your mind. Mm. And just the whole thing of do we do we do we get are we really stressed out and anxious because am I going to make it? Have I made it? Am I am I a failure? Am I going to be a failure? That kind of stuff. Obviously, being a star of live lunch, you don't have those problems because you know you made it. No, I have five Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at uh, success on your mind and how we cope with <laughs> the anxieties that surround success. Uh, thanks, it's good to have you back with us. Yeah, welcome back, man. We've missed Woo! you. And have a great week ahead. <laughs> <laughs>